Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Five Things Podcast, where we dive deep into the five topics that have taken social media by storm and give you our takeaways. This is the first Five Things Podcast in the Joe Biden administration. Welcome back to reality. With me this week, we have Amanda Davis. Hello, Amanda. Good morning, Kenny. Hello. We have Beth Rolfs. What up, Beth? Afternoon, Kenny. Is it morning or is it afternoon? We don't know. <laughs> Both work. We've got we've got Joey Mikes on the board producing this week. We love when Joey Mikes is on the board. So there he is. Let's talk about the five things. We'll be talking about research showing that 71% of Americans get their news via social platforms. We'll talk about TikTok launching a program for black creators. We will reprise our conversation around TikTok changing their privacy settings for users under 18. Excited for that. We'll talk about Snapchat working on new events feature. Very cool. And then finally, YouTube adding new hashtag showcase pages. So with that, we dive into our first thing. Research showing that 71% of Americans are getting their news content via social platforms. This is a huge, huge update. Uh, the Pew Foundation did research, and in 2018, 68% of people got their news from social media networks. Today, uh, that's up to 71% with Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter leading the charge. But Instagram has also made massive leaps uh, in that regard, representing 11% of adults uh, get their news from Instagram and 6% getting it from Reddit. So we are seeing the the massive rise of um, adults across the U.S. getting their news from social media. We have talked about this on this podcast before. Uh, what I think uh, this means for everyone and, and for marketers in particular is that understanding the safety of these platforms, knowing that your content is going to be interspersed with current events and news um, from reliable sources is, is a key thing to note. So when things are going on in the world, know that you're going to show up and feed with other topics. And I think it's a question of relevancy and understanding if it's the right moment uh, for your brand to start talking when things are going on. Amanda, Beth, what do we think? I think this is not surprising. I know I get a lot of my news from social media. I think, too, we're starting to see with the conversation we've been having last year around, you know, shared responsibility of, of who who is responsible for creating true, honest, reliable content on the platforms. It's creators, it's the platforms, it's brands, it's everybody that's playing there. So it's a little bit of that kind of reckoning that we're all responsible for how these platforms are used, um, including brands. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think this is surprising at all, but I do think it lines up with the need for the platforms to also make sure that content that's being presented as reputable news sites are actually coming from new sites, which they've already started to do, which is great. I know it's not in our interest to plug, but I'm going to plug my buddy Moshe Wanunu, one of the youngest executive producers of CBS Nightly News, but he is currently running an Instagram news network. Uh, you can follow him at Moshe, M-O-S-H-E-H. He's got some celebrity followers, and it's the quickest daily roundup of the latest hits uh, in the news space. Good follow for all those out there. We move on. TikTok launching a program for Black creators. Amanda, what's the scoop? Yes. 
So TikTok just announced what they're calling TikTok for Black Creatives, which is an incubator program. It's a kind of an open admission program where they're going to grant 100 Black creators on the platform access to things like community building forums, educational events with TikTok executives, motivational town halls, they said, featuring Black entrepreneurs and celebrities, and a small group's even going to get um, some money and some grants to pay for you know production equipment, resources, content creation tools, etc., I think this is exciting and, and it's also similar to YouTube and Facebook have also launched really similar programs in the last couple of months. I think, you know, in its statement, TikTok was pretty correct knowing that direct quote from them, Black creators on TikTok have been a driving force for the community and continue to elevate and amplify their voices on the platform. I think when we think about, you know, the videos that are going viral on TikTok, a lot of, there's been a lot of instances where Black creators have not been given the credit or platform for kind of moving the culture and content forward. Um, there's a lot of very specific examples in the last year where this has happened. So I think this is, you know, a step in the right direction of making sure that their platforms are inclusive, that they are attracting talent, and they are giving these creators credit for, for what they're contributing. Um, and, you know, when you think about marketers and what this means, it is kind of that intentional and thoughtful approach to, I mean, the dirty word influencers, however, you know, you want to call it creators, partners in the future, really beyond followers and stats and likes, and really thinking about like, what is the true sphere of influence that these people are providing? And where are you investing, you know, support? And how are you moving the next wave of content forward? So I'm interested to see how this kind of grows and expands on TikTok. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it was a necessary uh, thing for this platform. Uh, black creators have fueled TikTok. They are fueling the internet. They are never getting enough credit or support for their work as they should get that credit and that support. So the fact that the platform is investing in their craft is really um, exciting and interesting. And I think it will make those creators even more uh, desirable for brands to co-create with and um, will help TikTok continue to gain relevancy in the market. Beth, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the credit point really hits home with me too and making sure that, um, you know, these creators who put all this time and effort into creating original content that makes the internet enjoyable and also makes them great partners for brands are you know, the, the people that we know we want to collaborate with as brands because we know that they're the ones originally creating the content. Absolutely. All right. We're cruising today. Beth, still on the topic of TikTok and something we touched on in last week's episode. Talk a bit about how TikTok has changed privacy settings for users under 18. Yeah. So this isn't super surprising given the fact that um, TikTok last week we covered was being sued by a 12-year-old user. Um, so in response and probably in response to also the 2019 FTC ruling against TikTok for um, data privacy for underage users, they have changed their account settings for 13 to 15-year-olds and then tightened control for all users under 18. So big news here. Um, so for children ages 13 to 15 years old, um, all accounts will be set to private by default. And uh, TikTok will turn off the ability to have your account suggested to others. 
which means that this will allow users' um, videos to only be seen by people they approve as a follower, and it, it limits their account from kind of becoming or being recommended anywhere else in the app. Um, they also will now be able to choose only between friends and no one in terms of who can comment on their videos. The everyone option for these 13 to 15 year olds will be totally removed. Um, and duetting and stitching features will also be removed for accounts 13 to 15 year old. So some, some pretty big changes there. Um, and then for users 16 to 17 year olds, um, the duet and switch accounts will be set to friends and they'll only be able to download videos created by users 16 and over. So they don't have access to content created by anyone under the age of 16. Um, and downloads of their own videos will be set to off by default, but they can enable this to be on if they choose. So hopefully we're all tracking that. The big takeaway is if you are 13 to 15 year old on the account, um, you basically can interact with your friends and no one else. And some of the, the capabilities are being totally removed to them, which is interesting because if we think about like Charlie D'Amelio, she, she's now 16, but she's been big on TikTok as someone who's under 16 and, and she would not have gotten to that level of success and fame if her account was not being able to be followed by others. So what do you guys think? Amanda, what do you think? I mean, I think you bring up a good point with Charlie. And I, I think, too, it starts to beg the question of, like, you know, the the ease of getting a platform and getting an audience and getting famous, for lack of better words, um, is changing in that way. And I think it's also, too, it's a testament to how complex these audiences are getting on social platforms. You know, a couple years ago, you might think Snapchat is for X age demographic and Facebook is for a different one and TikTok is for another. But as kind of these start to become really, really crossing all of the age thresholds and kind of the audience demographics there, there should be care taken and, and specificity given to how each of those groups of people interact on the platform. So I, I think it's right. And I, I'm glad to see some proactivity versus the, the past approach of pretending that there were not, you know, underage audiences on some of these platforms. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it, how it lends itself to uh, creating new creators and influencers here. I think the key with all of this is, and Beth, I think, as we advise clients more and more, it's that these channels are not just like set it and forget it. There's an active management, there's an active understanding of the rules and the terms and conditions. And it's incumbent on us to constantly keep our finger on the pulse of these things, because we need to ensure that brands are safe on the platforms that we recommend for them. Um, I think it's a great move for TikTok to protect their user base. Um, and really, TikTok's in its infancy. So to continue to see it evolve like this is really great. Yeah. The one um, thing I will say is there's a way around this for young users. It's by lying about their age. And <laughs> Which, by the you, way, that, yeah. that, is, that, that is a timeless national pastime, global pastime of kids lying to their parents about their age. So and adults <laughs> lying about their age. We all lie. <laughs> Great. Bunch of liars. All right, Amanda. <laughs> talk about Snapchat working on their new events feature. 
All right. So this feature was actually discovered in my favorite way, again, with some reverse engineering and a new patent and all these kind of secret covert updates. Um, but we're what Snapchat is calling events, again, a really original name. Um, it's basically a sticker that users can add to their stories that gives information about an event, you know, time, date, address, etc. The way that you would use any of the other stickers in your post, um, people can click it and learn more about the event, share it. Uh, any videos and photos that are uploaded uh, during that event will kind of all be kept in one place. It, the really easy way to think of it is very similar to the Facebook invite way back pre-pandemic, which I think was a, an unsung hero for grassroots and like local organizing. I think the use of how people utilize Facebook invites became really important, especially right before the pandemic and during it. So I think this is really interesting and and I'm curious to see how brands can leverage it. I mean, there's a lot of questions about how, you know, can small businesses use it to bring people into their shop when, you know, we're all back to real life again? Is Are there ways that businesses can use it as kind of a marketing option and promote their location as a meetup spot, things like that? Um, but it's, it's very early on um, and it's kind of a new feature that we haven't heard much from Snapchat about the intention of. So curious to see how this kind of grows and becomes a feature. Yeah, I think we're starting to see Snap take the mantle and try to figure out um, how to create moments for brands and people to come back to the platform and use it, whether it's the evolution of the camera, creating things like events that drive, you know, must-see moments, investing in creators so the content's good. This is a natural, awesome step for them. I think it, it works. You know, it's not earth shattering, but it's structurally correct. I'm also curious how this might, and maybe I'm going out on a limb here, might lend itself to more of these like digital events that we're seeing on the rise when we think about like these shared experiences on, you know, Fortnite or Minecraft or any of these kind of open world platforms like could Snapchat, could SnapNap Maps be the next place that these events are happening? I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's in their, their plans for this year, but I can see this kind of creating a, a, a physical moment online in some way that people can experience together too. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Beth. Yes. Take us home and talk about YouTube adding new hashtag showcase pages. Sure. So YouTube has added new hashtag showcase pages to assist in content discovery. So previously on the app, if you searched a hashtag, you would see not only hashtag content, but you would also see a combination of content um, that was not using a hashtag, but was considered related. But now anyone searching for a spe specific hashtag on YouTube will see only content that has that hashtag and the content will be sorted with the best videos at the top. I'm not really sure what they mean by best. I'd be interested to know how they're measuring best, whether that's engagements, views, you know, searches. Um, but I think this lends a really, I think it's a good platform or a good update to the platform because it'll be nice to be able to see, I guess, how that a hashtag is actually being used and to be able to see the content that is considered best on YouTube as a marketer and kind of take inspiration from that. Um, 
It also, I think for us in terms of creating campaigns that have a hashtag that we want to measure and monitor and know kind of how that content is living, it gives us a place to really see that in, I guess, a bubble, a hashtag bubble versus among other related content. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think any opportunity for brands to be able to cross-track hashtags and understand how content's performing in the context of other content is un- is helpful. Um, I'm surprised it took them this long to do this um, and create showcase pages because I feel like every other platform has that natively built into what they do. Um, I think it's a good move for them. Uh, you know, I, I really do, and and it's I'll be interested to see how it goes and. Uh, what this means for people who are trying to break through in a conversation uh, from the video front. Amanda, what yeah. do you think? Uh, you guys said it. And I think, you know, when we think of what hashtag strategy meant five or 10 years ago, it's way different. And it's to- it changes on every platform and it constantly changes of, of how brands and how, you know, campaigns and programs are showing up on each platform. So I'm excited to see how this evolves. I think it's, it's smart and it makes sense. Totally. Well, everyone... A quick jaunt around the social media sphere, talking a bit about all the changes to the latest and greatest platform you are working on. Uh, We hope that this was interesting and informative to you. If you have any questions or comments about our show, please feel free to hit us up at podcasts at gray.com. That's podcasts at gray.com. We will continue to be on the hunt for the latest and greatest in social media. Beth, Amanda, thank you for the time. We hope you had fun, everyone. And as always, stay safe, stay smart, stay social. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Petty and Grace McDougall. Produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.